This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Hi, I'm Russell Hargreaves. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 14th of September 2015. On today's show, Peter Cech stops by to talk about settling in with his new team. We talk to Ars Blog's Andrew Mangan about the start of the season. And Adrian Clark looks ahead to the Gunners' opening Champions League group stage game against Dinamo Zagreb. But let's kick off with the return of the weekend review. Arsenal were back in Premier League action on Saturday against Stoke City after the international break. And they wasted no time in bombarding Jack Butland's goal. Bellerin, first time in for Santi Cazorla. Cazorla takes a touch and looks to curl it inside the area. Great ball in, Alexis to the header. Here's the post and he's followed up. It's wide of the target by Theo Walcott. How on earth did he miss? Coquelin turns away from Juff, then plays it forwards here for Alexis. He gets the shot off and here's the post. Ricky Jay's out to Coquelin. Can he pull it back for Walcott? It's cleared away. Well, how unlucky once again. Butlin was in inspirational form all afternoon, but he was eventually beaten in the 31st minute. Theo Walcott opening the scoring. All of a sudden, Arsenal just trying to find the right ball, Stephen, at the moment. It's just not coming off for them. Yeah, there's a couple of opportunities there on this right-hand side. Hector Bellerin and Ramsey just put the ball in the box. Arsenal had bodies forward. Really did have a lot of numbers body forward. Here comes Theo Walcott. Walcott over the top. Great first touch. Still Theo Walcott through the legs of Bolin. Deserved lead here at the Emirates. Brilliant ball over the top. Walcott was free. Still had plenty of work to do. Shrugged off the challenge. Terrific push and touch before slipping the ball underneath Botland to find the net. It is Arsenal 1, Stoke City 0. That was Theo's first goal of the season and a much-needed confidence boost after a couple of early misses. Arsenal went searching for an all-important second, but they had to wait until the 85th minute to kill off the game when substitute Olivier Giroud rose highest to head home his second goal of the season. Cazorla drills one into the near post area. Glanced home! Olivier Giroud at the near post. 
answers his critics. Terrific ball in from Santi Cazorla from the left-hand side, and that will make the final five minutes a little easier to not endure anymore, but enjoy, because it has been a terrific display from Arsenal. We were hoping for that second goal, and we've managed to get it through Olivier Giroud. With both Giroud and Walcott scoring, Arsene Wenger was upbeat about rotating his strikers during the upcoming busy fixture period. I knew we would face a stoke, compact, uh, organised team in their own half and uh, Theo could find little pockets maybe to get in there. And uh, You know as well that uh, you get two, three chances per half uh, to get on counter-attack at home and uh, that he can use that. And he scored a great goal, I must say. And uh, uh, because you needed technical quality to do it and calm in the finishing, and uh, it's good that Giroud came on and scored as well. I uh, I think at the moment uh, uh, we play every three days for three weeks. I will have to rotate the strikers without letting uh, them uh, drop their confidence, you know. But uh, you cannot always play with the same player uh, every three ga- every three days especially up front. It was Arsenal's third clean sheet in as many Premier League games. Hector Bellerin reflected on the Gunners' strength at the back in getting that all-important first home Premier League win of the campaign. Well, uh, it's nice to get the first win uh, at home, uh, finally. And, you know, it was a, it was a tough game. I think uh, we had a lot of chances in the first half. And, you know, sometimes when you don't, when you don't score them, then, then you pay off, you know. So it was important that even though we weren't scoring, we were keeping the things tight at the back, you know. We were defending properly, so they didn't have any chance. And then at the end of the second half, we got the, the second reward. But I think we should, have, we should have got it earlier. Then we had a few chances more. But well, I think the, the team kept trying, you know. Finally, um, we, we, we got the second goal and we're happy to get the win. The win gives Arsenal 10 points from their last four games and has put that opening day defeat to West Ham United well and truly in the rearview mirror. The Gunners will wish they could play Stoke at home every week. That's their eighth win in a row against the Potters at the Emirates. So that's the final word on the weekend's action. Now time to speak to Arsenal's new number one. Peter Cech joined Arsenal this summer from London rivals Chelsea. The Czech Republic keepers won every major honour at club level and he sat down with Arsenal media's Chris Harris to talk about his first few months at the Gunners and a return to Stamford Bridge next weekend. Uh, Back to club football now. You're into your third month as an Arsenal player. Have you settled as quickly as you wanted to? Yes, I think everybody uh, welcomed me very warmly and, and, uh, you know, I... I've got that feeling like I've been here longer than only three months. And that's, that's probably the most important because, you know, you, you get to know the people, you get to know the, uh, the atmosphere, you get to know the, the structure of, of how things are working. And, and I have to say that, uh, you know, I, I, uh, since my first day, I, I felt pretty much a part of the, the team and, and obviously it, it helps everybody to settle. Pesa, let's talk about your Arsenal teammates. You must have known most of the players before you came here, but who's really surprised you with their quality since you've been here? Well, I think there is a there is a number of players you you know you play against and you know that you know this guy has a great technique, this guy has a great passing, this guy has that. But then, then suddenly you play with them and you see them train and you see them play, and then you realize that. Some some of the players have really special quality. If you see uh, Santi playing in a very tight pace and always finding 
a solution. You just think like, wow, how does he do that? You know, this is something where, you know, this is this is one one thing. Then uh, people speak always about Mesut the way. You know he has a great passing. Yes, he has. But if you see when you see him running and and uh, he, it's not only about his passing. You know he's he's much far more complete player than than just about his passing. So there are things like that where you know you are aware when you play against the players. But then then you play with them and just think, well, you know, he's really important. I mean, he does this thing really well and he does this thing as well. And um, you've got a really exciting trip back to Chelsea next week. How will it be to go back? Have you thought about the emotions that's going to be involved? Well, it'll be... Uh, I, I've never played at Stamford Bridge as a visiting, visiting team, so it'll be, it will be a new experience for me. But uh, in a way, you know, I go to the familiar place. But um, most important for me will be to, to win a game. That's, that's the way it goes. And, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's, in a way, it's nice that I spend so much time there that I know every corner of the stadium and, and the space and everything. So for me, it will be no surprises. Obviously, it will be new to play against Chelsea. But uh, as I said, you know, when you start playing the game, the only concern you have is, uh, can, you, can I play my best game and, and can we win? So this, this obviously will be a, a step. We had two games before that. Hopefully, we will go there with two wins under the belt and, and ready to, uh, to compete. Signing Czech over the summer was a huge coup for the Gunners and he's already shown his class, especially in helping keep that goalless draw against Liverpool in August. The Czech stoppers now got 169 Premier League clean sheets and only needs one more to take the record away from David James. He's a true Premier League legend and speaking of legends, it's time for another history lesson. And it's Adams, put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, the three goal! It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On September the 16th, 1996, Patrick Vieira made his debut for Arsenal in a 4-1 win over Sheffield Wednesday. Vieira started on the bench on that night, but was thrust into the action on just 28 minutes when he came on for Ray Parler. It'd be a sneak peek as to what we'd see for the next nine years in Arsenal's central midfield. Here's Patrick talking to Arsenal media some years later about first arriving at the club and then about his debut. Seeing the players around, uh, big names, big players, and um, it was completely different. The language was, uh, was difficult. Um, the culture was completely different. The game that I know was completely different. So I had to adapt myself really, uh, really fast. But I had to prove everything. Because I was coming from Milan, nobody knew me, and I didn't do nothing in football. So it, I, was, uh, I was a young talent who didn't do nothing. So I, I had all to prove and all to, uh, to do. It was, it was a fantastic moment because I was on the bench and all, the atmosphere in the, in, in the stadium was new for me because it was unbelievable. It was more than what I expected. The, the singing, the, uh, the tackles was flying and, and the fan was getting exciting. The fan was so close to the, to the pitch. It was all new for me, so I was getting really exciting. 
And uh, and when Repala was injured, I go to warm up, and I think I was watching more the game than doing my own warm up. And um, and it was uh, it was it was it was good because we was losing one nil. You came on and one the game finished four one, and uh, you're happy with yourself. You're happy with your confidence. All the players coming to you and tell you well done. You play really well. For young players, is 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 a is a good start. After Tony Adams' retirement in 2002, Patrick was made club captain and would go on to lead the Invincibles team in their historic unbeaten season. He left the club for Juventus in 2005, with his last kick of the ball for Arsenal being the winning penalty in the FA Cup final victory over Manchester United at the Millennium Stadium. Patrick Vieira to win the FA Cup for Arsenal. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Until the end. And um, that's why I think um, we are really proud about ourselves. Patrick played 406 times for Arsenal, scoring 33 goals in the process. He won three Premier League titles and four FA Cups with the Gunners before going on to play for Juventus, Inter Milan and Manchester City, where he's now the reserve team and Leeds Development squad manager. Now on to a man who saw many of those 406 appearances. It's Arsblog's Andrew Mangan. You're listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Andrew Mangan has run the brilliant Arse blog since the year 2002. Andrew, hello, mate. Thanks for coming on. How's it going? 
My pleasure. Fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. We've been talking a fair bit about Patrick Vieira on the Arsenal Weekly podcast just before you joined us. Um, let's go with him first. What's your favourite Vieira moment? Oh, wow. I, you know, there's so many um, that, that they're hard to quantify. You know, you just have these images of, of him driving through midfield. But I think one of the the ones that sticks out for me is the, the final day of the, the Invincible season. Uh, where he scored the goal to to secure the win over Leicester, and it was just such a Vieira goal. He was he started deep in the midfield. He he played a couple of passes, kept running into the box, and the finish was just it was just so brilliant and casual. Uh, I think that really stands out for me because of because of what that game meant as well on the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are your early thoughts on this season so far? Then I think. It's obviously improving. It didn't start very well because of what happened against West Ham on the opening day, and I think that was a, a big frustration, you know, because in previous seasons we've had a World Cup to deal with or we've had we've had transfer issues that haven't gone the way we would like, but this time around everything seemed to be set up well. The preseason had gone very, very well indeed, and the, the team looked very comfortable. They looked in good shape, and then, of course, to start the way that it did against West Ham was, was a frustration. Again, a frustration against Liverpool, even if it was a game we might have been behind in. It, it felt like a game we could have won in the, in the second half, but, you know... Uh, it's uh, it's still early days and things do seem to be improving. Thankfully, we've we've got a couple of goals at home now against against Stoke, uh, one for Walcott and one for Giroud, which will hopefully do their confidence some good. Uh, and it does look as if we're moving in the right direction. But uh, some some challenging games to come. Now you mentioned obviously those two boys getting on the score sheet in the game at the weekend. Who generally has impressed you so far this season, Andrew? to say I think Francis Coquelin has been fantastic uh, in midfield in all the games we've played. I thought he was outstanding against Stoke, Santi Cazorla as well. I think there's so much quality in that part of the midfield but maybe one of the things that's been overlooked is the fact that we've, we've kept three clean sheets in a row uh, which, is, which is important obviously when you have some struggles with scoring goals as we have had in, in the opening part of the season the fact that we've been solid defensively, bar that opening game against uh, against West Ham, is is really encouraging. Petr Cech, three clean sheets. Gabriel has come in alongside uh, Lauren Koscielny in the absence of Per Mertesacker, and he seems to have slotted in very well. He looks like um, he looks like he brings a bit of an edge to the Arsenal defence, which is good to see. I think we've, uh, we've if you're of a certain era, you've grown up with Arsenal defenders being, you know. Um, Tough, I think we should say, and uh, he, he seems to fit into that mold. So that's been impressive. Uh, the fullbacks, I, I think, are, are they don't quite get the credit they deserve either. Bellerin and Monreal on either side are, are absolutely fantastic. They complement each other really well, and uh, uh, for me, that's a real encouragement so far. So for those that don't know, perhaps if you could tell us a little bit more about Arsblog and your fine work. Well, it's it's a blog about Arsenal. What can I tell you? You know, we 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 write every day uh, about the club, about what's going on. Um, we, it's sort of split into two sections. There's the main blog, which I do, and there's columnists, and then we have a news site which does match reports and player ratings and stats and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, two podcasts a week as well. Um, so it's just kind of non-stop Arsenal. So if uh, if you're not getting enough Arsenal here. 
uh, you, can, you can get it at Arsblog for sure. Sounds good. Let's finish off with a few of your kind of favourites, past and present. Um, we'll go game first of all. What would you say is your favourite Arsenal match? Oh, wow. You're putting me on the spot here. Mm -hmm. um, we like to. That, that is difficult. I think one that always lives with me, it's probably the first game that I really remember, is the 1979 FA Cup final when Arsenal won 3-2. And it, it kind of taught me a bit of a lesson about football because Arsenal were 2-0 up with just a couple of minutes to go. And then all of a sudden it was 2-2. Uh, and the panic that set in then, I think I was 9 or 10 years of age, um, has lived with me ever since. This, uh, this belief that Arsenal could somehow make it difficult for themselves. And then, of course, they went on to win it um, in, in the last seconds with Alan Sunderland. So I think that that game really sticks out for me. What about favourite Arsenal moments, specifically kind of within a game? Oh, wow. Oh, God. Um, a moment within a game. I, I think the Thierry Henry goal against Liverpool in mm. the unbeaten season uh, on that Good Friday, the, the one where he slalomed from deep in midfield and left most of the Liverpool defenders on their backsides and, and scored the the pressure that day and, and the team had had a difficult week. I think they'd been knocked out of the Champions League and knocked out of the FA Cup in the same week by Chelsea and Manchester United. Uh, and maybe it was, it was one of those where if they didn't have the character that they did, things might have gone a little bit differently and we wouldn't have had that fantastic achievement of going unbeaten. And I think that the, the goal that Henri scored really just sort of lifted everybody, lifted the team, lifted the crowd, the, the, the cheer was something else. So, yeah, I think that, although it's, a, although it's a goal rather than a moment, I think what that, what that goal meant was really something special. And finally, we'll go with players, perhaps past and present, your favourites? Past? Oh, I'm, I'm torn between Liam Brady and Robert Perez. Um, I think probably I have to go with Perez because I saw him play more often um, while Brady was obviously a genius. Uh, I was still very young at the time, and I just loved what, what Robert Perez did and how he did it. And, and uh, so, so yeah, he, he's my guy. He'll always be my guy, Robert Perez. At the moment, uh, I mean, Alexis is, is very hard not to love. Um, also, uh, Mesut Ozil as well. I, I know some people still have their doubts, but I just think some of the things that he does are, are fantastic. Uh, but as a as a fairly old, grizzled centre half, I, I enjoy watching Mertesacker and Koscielny as well. So I've I've a bit invested in those two also. Brilliant stuff. That's Andrew Mangan joining us from Ars Blog, and uh, appreciate your time, my friend. My pleasure. Cheers. You're listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Arsenal return to Champions League action on Wednesday evening when they visit Dinamo Zagreb for the opening game in Group F. Delighted to say that Adrian Clark has joined me back in the studio. Ed, you've been on the phone, taking it easy the last couple of weeks. Nice to have you yeah. back in the confines. Yeah, nice to see you in person, mate. Um, so, Dinamo Zagreb, looking forward to this. Really good to be back into European action. Um, how have they been shaping up uh, domestically so far this season? Very, very well, actually. They're unbeaten, top of the league. They've got a goal difference of plus 16 after just nine matches. So they're, they're on fire right now, extremely confident. And this comes on the back of an Invincible season. They, they, they are um, they're Croatia's version of the Invincibles. So, so we're coming up against a side that, that lack experience at Champions League level, but domestically they are absolutely running the show. 
And obviously, it's not going to be easy. I think we can safely say that. But how important is it for Arsenal to get a win in this first Champions League group stage game and then just obviously yeah. move on from there? It's always important, isn't it, to get off to a winning start. I think Arsene Wenger has spoken about that already. You want to get points on the board so that the end of the group coming towards Christmas becomes that bit easier. And Arsenal will want to top the group this year. It won't be easy, obviously, with Bayern Munich in there. But... They don't want to be falling behind and putting themselves under undue pressure. This is a winnable game. Zagreb, fantastic at their own level. But, but in the Champions League, they have a fairly poor record, even on home turf. So I, th I fancy us to get off to a winning start. Excellent. Um, so where do you think Arsenal will be looking to win this match? What's the key area for their advantage? Well, they just need to use their experience, I think, Russ. Um, they have it, don't they, in spades. Uh, they're used to hot atmospheres. Um, I, th I feel that Zagreb will be eager to impress, really eager. It, uh, the Maximir Stadium's got a cracking atmosphere uh, and the locals will be pushing them on to, to really fly at Arsenal. And I think if, if the Gunners can keep their heads, they'll be able to pick them off on the counter. That, that's how I see this game going. And what about the flip side? Where could Zagreb be dangerous to the Gunners? They've got a decent front two, young and hungry. 2021, Hodzic and Henriquez. Now, Angelo, Angelo Henriquez come from Manchester United. Yeah. And Alexis knows him well because he's, he's Chilean. So, um, so maybe he'll be uh, giving Arsene Wenger a tip or two on how to control him but the, those two are on fire domestically and this is their chance to really ignite their careers so we've got to watch those two okay and what about a key battle area we like to talk about head-to-head -head battles on the arsenal weekly podcast we do, we do. um i think um, it's a strange one I, i've picked out eduardo the goalkeeper the portuguese keeper very very experienced and i think he's gonna have a busy night i certainly hope he's gonna have a busy night and, and i see him against the rest really being, being the duel because Arsenal are creating so many chances, aren't they, at the moment? And they keep coming up against inspired goalkeepers. And, 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 I, and I hope from Arsenal's perspective that doesn't happen again. But, but if Zagreb are going to get anything out of this match, they need a massive performance from Eduardo. OK, and uh, in a sentence, how can Arsenal beat Dinamo Zagreb? Well, I think Arsenal can beat Dinamo Zagreb by using their heads. It's all about using that experience they've got extremely wisely. If they do, I think they'll win the game handsomely. Excellent stuff. Composure the way forward. You can join Adrian and Dan Roebuck on the Match Day show on Wednesday evening from 7.15pm live on Arsenal Player and also on the Arsenal mobile app. And uh, I hope that goes well. And as ever, thanks for your time here. No worries. That's full time on this week's show. My thanks to Peter Chet, Andrew Mangan and Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Remember, you can tweet your questions to the show by using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. We'll be back on Monday, the 21st of September for the next Arsenal Weekly podcast. Until then, it's bye for now. Come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening to the Arsenal Weekly podcast. You can listen to a new episode every Monday by going to arsenal.com or the Arsenal SoundCloud page. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.